Hello, you're listening to Freelance Mum, the mother of all juggling acts, with me, Faye Dicker. And me, Laura Rawlings. Hello, and welcome to the Freelance Mum podcast as part of the Freelance Mum class assembly. And joined with myself and Laura Rawlings this week is Anna Mapson, a fellow freelance mum. And Anna Mapson is also a nutritionist from Goodness Me Nutrition. And she joins us today on an all-important subject. And I bet I am not the only person who's talking about this moment. How on earth can we keep those colds at bay as we head into the winter season? I'm quite sure, Anna, I can't be the only parent who sent their daughter off to school on day one with a cold. It was a cold, definitely just a sniffle. And it's that time of year where it can feel like an endless stream, quite literally, of colds. Um, Is there anything we can do to prevent them? Well, in a way, not really. We do get a lot of colds and it's actually not good for us to not be exposed to any of these viruses. I think as kids have gone back to school, they're suddenly getting exposed to all these things that we've been, you know, we've been self-isolating for so long. So it's not the case of not getting as many, but it's like how you react to them and how you can overcome them. If you get a sniffle for a day, that's much better than having a long drawn out cough and cold that then drags on and, you know, getting a worse reaction to it. So I think we've got to sort of see that it's actually sort of normal to get a couple of colds in a year. It's just when people are getting them all the time or they're getting them really bad, I think it starts to make me think that the immune system might not be as strong as it could be. So there are some things that help us, you know, be more resilient, definitely, that we can do, that we can start eating and doing to um, just help us feel a bit stronger so we're better able to to respond to them yeah um so there's a bit about diet and i think some stuff we can eat um and also things we can do so um i'll talk about food as well but like sleep is really important and exercise fresh air as well really really important going into the winter um i mean there's a couple of like key nutrients that are really important for the immune system that we might not have as much of one of them is d and actually we should all start taking it now if you haven't been taking it so far um because in september even though it's a lush week this week with loads of sun you can't make vitamin d from your skin because the sun doesn't get high above our heads anymore it only goes lower in the horizon which means the radiation isn't as strong and your skin can't make it as well so that is something that's important because it helps our immune system um, like stay strong as we're going into the winter and in the northern hemisphere we don't get much sunshine so that's something in terms of supplements that would be useful um, but most of the things we can get from our food um, so I'd say like vitamin A is really important we can get that from meat and dairy but also from orange vegetables so things like I don't know, pumpkins, butternut squash, yellow peppers, even orange and yellow um, melons as well. And they're all really high in beta carotene, which is an antioxidant. And it also helps us. um, So the vitamin A, again, just strengthens the immune system. So it can be hard if your child is a a bit fussy or, um, you know, they don't eat certain foods just to make sure that they're getting vitamin A. Um, And for kids anyway under five it's recommended that they take a vitamin a supplement the other the three that are really important for children that are recommended as supplements are vitamin a vitamin c and vitamin d and that's under age five but you might think that even children who are a bit older like 
but it wouldn't be a bad thing to supplement with them um, as we're all like yeah really looking to keep our immune system strong so vitamin c is like you know commonly known in vegetables fresh things so as well as oranges strawberries kiwis it's also about cauliflower tomatoes these are spinach is even quite high in vitamin c so just, just loads and loads of fruit just but fresh so really good for vitamin c ideally about getting as broad a range of foods as possible that helps us get a really strong immune system because when we eat really diverse range of foods then we get a lot of diverse microbes in our gut and that's really helpful for our immune system it helps us stay strong and kind of create an environment where the pathogens the bad bugs can't get in and don't live as happily so the good bugs kind of create this nice environment where we can better fight off illness like bacteria or viruses so we can look after our microbes um yeah i mean i have definitely experienced my children um a cough and a cold sort of thing over the weekend and it just starts again straight away you think oh no everyone's gonna have to isolate but it to sniff and like I said at the beginning sometimes it's it's okay for the body to experience those things to fight them off and move on um yeah but also sleep is really important which we were um talking about this morning in the mothership like people struggling with sleep you know just whether you can make you know prioritize it and find time for your sleep um it's really hard when you're getting woken up by small children <laughs> but it might be rest away even if it's not um, proper sleep at night. Just coming in there, I first of all, to apologise, if you saw me making funny mouth shapes, it's because a man appeared at the door just then and I had to try and do my best ventriloquist impression of like, it's actually Dougie talking, not me, telling him to leave the signed parcel there. Um, and also I think my internet is being jittery, so I'll just get all of that stuff out there so that in case my next question is completely daft. But um, just... It's, there's so much in what you say there, which is brilliant. Things like, so I'm trying to get the daughter to eat loads of a rainbow of things, but just, you know, when you've got a bad throat, things like honey and lemon, that all works. That's all good stuff to go with, isn't it? Honey, lemon and ginger. I'm doing the right thing when I have that, aren't I? Yeah, I mean, it's the vitamin C in root, the lemon, which is good. And then honey is quite soothing for the throat. So the vitamin C is good. And that can come from anything. Lemons are high. And then the honey is the soothing thing that's nice. So, yeah, that's great. And ginger and garlic are kind of antimicrobial as well. So you can put loads of garlic in your food. Um, yeah, great ginger yep. into things. Sometimes people make like a little golden milk. It was quite trendy a while ago with turmeric and ginger with kind of whatever milk you use because turmeric is also quite anti-inflammatory. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I found a recipe. I've seen one for that. I've also tried making some elderberry and echinacea syrup, which is currently in the in the fridge. But um, I also saw a thing which involved like 20 bits of garlic and things like a horseradish root. So I've just been to my mum's and got her to dig up her horseradish root that I'm going to go and stuff in a jar with a load of onion and goodness knows what else. Is Am I am I just creating some sort of potion that is going to make me revolting to be around or is there merit in that? Well, that's what I was going to say. Surely no one's just going to want to get near you. The amount of flipping yeah. radish and garlic you're eating, that will ward everyone away, Laura. Maybe that's how it works. I haven't figured this out yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to keep everyone back 
<laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, garlic is really good. Antimicrobial, yeah, good for circulation as well. So ginger and garlic and any of those like warming spices are good as you go into winter because they help our circulation. So they're really good to include. And that's the same with horseradish. So perhaps that's why. Yeah, I don't know of any sort of specific properties of horseradish, but there's no harm in eating more vegetables. So <laughs> if it works, let us know. I just wanted to pick up on something you said at the beginning, Anna, which I thought was really reassuring, actually, and that getting colds is normal. And because we've all quite literally been in a bubble during lockdown, obviously went connecting, socialising in the same way for good reason. Um, the positive side of that was less bugs were were going around. And now that the children are going back to school, they are picking up those colds. Um, so it is reassuring to hear you say that is normal, that is a normal part of childhood. And we don't need to worry about that. Um, it's just sort of learning how to, to deal with that as well, really, more an observation than anything. Um, I don't know. It's lovely to hear you talk with such enthusiasm for vegetables. I only wish I could have the same level of enthusiasm for my daughters when I served their, their dinner. I made the um, schoolgirl error of serving a courgette bake last night, which, uh, you know, was practically sick burgers. I might as well have been serving them. Um, but the happy byproduct was that tea was so revolting, they both decided to eat an apple. Um and my daughters have never eaten an apple before in all their lives. It's very hard when you've got children who who are who yeah. will just turn their nose up at vegetables. Um, as a mother, rightly or wrongly, I can feel nervous when it comes to serving a meal. And at the same time, I want them to have a variety. What approach do you take when it comes to serving a family meal? Yeah, I um, my children are not like happily, you know, cramming in vegetables all day long also. So I don't want anyone to think I've got the perfect meals at my table. I fair regularly serve things up and they will be like, oh, what's that? Don't want it. I My approach has been to just offer one meal, not to offer alternatives if people don't like it. But I do try to offer something that they will eat as part of the meal so if I know like one of them really likes carrots but they're not going to like the main necessarily make sure that there's something that they like I tend to find if people start to offer alternatives all the time or cook like three different meals you know you can end up just always creating a lot of work for you but also sort of I don't know creating this um environment where everyone can just opt out of everything at the dinner table and it's it's more stressful so it's fine you know to you can say oh you don't like you don't like it now you don't have to eat it or something I mean a lot of people with fussy eating have tried to put out a platter of stuff and just allow people to help themselves to it and just keep on offering it and just assume that they will eventually eat the food <laughs> I know some people worry about hiding vegetables but I feel like it's quite a useful tool when especially when they're smaller to blend up stuff into a sauce and put it in and I will regularly do this with things like courgette celery mushrooms you know I blend them up before I put the beans or whatever into the sauce because so there's a, like a base that's just stuff with a tin of tomatoes because you can hide a lot of different vegetables in that um I think as well when you are doing things like pasta or a curry or something where you're putting sauce in it's just trying to put if and if you have hidden a lot of vegetables in it put a lot of the sauce into it so they are actually getting a lot of that rather than just a little bit on top I mean it, yeah it's really tricky and each family will have their own kind of 
you know culture about how they do things and what's a rule and what you, know, you can do where you like I um yeah I suppose it's trying to offer something that they always really like or that they you know is safe and and just keep on offering new foods and I really find that families who eat together tend the children tend to eat more as well of a variety of foods because it's partly about role modeling and showing that um you know this is just normal food and just also showing especially when they're really young that it's safe food as well I often look to a parent to or carer to guide them in what's acceptable um so yeah trying to sit down and eat together is not always possible with our schedules but I would encourage it yeah if you're struggling um and I don't know it's really hard just keep on trying trying new things but it's impossible to think of stuff when you're really busy and you've just got half an hour to yeah. I mean other things oh, people try is like with really fussy eating it's like little tiny tastes oh sorry Laura um no just on that and just echoing what Faye was saying I if I think back to yesterday and I'm saying this to make anyone else feel a bit better it's a slight diversion from colds although I do hope that the foods have some cold fending off properties um my daughter would eat baked beans for every single meal if she was given the opportunity and um some and i if i think back to yesterday she did have baked beans in the morning i gave her chickpea curry at lunchtime and then she had baked beans again because i completely forgot that she had baked beans at breakfast uh, and she's very happy with that so i do hope that they're all I get the low sugar versions, but goodness me, it's so flipping difficult. I can hide what I like in the sauce, but did she go alive. pop? She must have gone pop at some point. <laughs> well, she might have given herself tummy ache. I've no idea. She can't communicate that to me yet. <laughs> it's just a nightmare. She just loves them, but but and doesn't want to. And the funny thing is, what you're saying about copying parents is she also has an inclination to copy her father who's got very unhealthy eating habits so she will try all sorts of new foods with him notably like curry naan poppadoms yet will not want to eat what I have just you know stuffed a rainbow of vegetables in she don't want to know nice bit of chicken not bothered um did it come out of a great big packet of crisps yes she'll try that it's like so irritating <laughs> slight diversion but yeah yeah, it's really hard and frustrating when you spend ages creating this new thing and then it gets rejected. I know it's totally frustrating. Yeah. Um, so just in which they try a little taste of something like and you can do an age appropriate yeah. reward, like whether they bring it to their mouth and just have a tiny taste or whether they have a tiny mouthful, um, depending on like how bad I suppose the fussiness is or how much you want to push them to eat more new foods a lot of the time if you just offer foods like they will find you know eat what what they need to it's really hard because we worry about it so much and sometimes when we That's stop true. encouraging them eventually eat more um, can I just ask one speedy and I'm question? I'm guilty of it myself. I'll sit there. Are all supplements equal? No, I'm definitely not, I would say. Partly to do with the form of vitamin that they come in. So a lot of the cheap ones that you can buy in Boots or the Chemist or supermarkets have got um, are the sort of cheaper version of that nutrient, which is easier to make or easier to put into a product, but not easier for our body to absorb. So I was like as an example vitamin d which is used to fortify foods so it will be on the packet of a milk that's fortified with vitamin d like a plant milk isn't the best source for us to absorb in terms of how we get 
into our body and so that we need d3 and so quite often the expensive brands are better formulated for us to take in um sometimes they've got cheap sort of fillers and things in as well you know depending on how fussy you are about additives and that sort of thing um sometimes the more expensive brands will be less have less of those kind of things in as well fish oils they're quite often cleaned to make sure they're more pure on the note of vitamins and you talked about vitamin d earlier anna um especially at this time of year when although we've got you know as i speak there's some really lovely september sunshine it's just not as much as we need um do we need to take something else in addition to vitamin d in order for your body to absorb it all of the vitamins and minerals work together but they have found that people who are low in D are often sometimes low in magnesium and that is a mineral that we burn through quite a lot when we're stressed and busy and you know as in freelance mom we are all juggling a lot so it can be quite low um so magnesium you get in green leafy veg um and whole grains basically um but again it could be a supplement that you would take and it's easy to put it onto the skin so you can spray it if you don't like taking supplements or in an epsom salt bath sometimes people will do that put it in the bath and absorb it through the um or you can take a supplement of that it's not essential but it's just there are associations with people who take or are low in vitamin d maybe being low in magnesium um and they all just work together really there is nothing that you there's one thing that you can take which will fix everything it's um about variety you know if your children are really fussy you are really fussy then maybe a good multivitamin kind of covers all bases especially this winter we might be something um or probiotics as well so there are some you know signs i suppose that the immune system strength is supported by really good diverse microbiome in our gut all these different viruses parasites and bugs that live in us and so sometimes taking a good probiotic can be helpful but it's not essential for everyone I'd say. Well Anna thank you so much for taking the time to come and join us today at Freelance Mum. I could have had a whole separate subject there on probiotics if I'm absolutely honest with you. In fact I'm not even going to wrap I need to get in my probiotics question. I'm too keen to ask. <laughs> probiotics can you really get everything you need from one of those little drinks? because you hear so much about them. No, <laughs> basically. Um, no, partly because those little, like Yakult or Acapromel, what an Actimel, they are, um, they normally only have one or two strains in them, whereas a good, like broad spectrum probiotic will have lots of different strains that have really tested for like good health or that are more popular in the gut so I would say don't rely on those partly they're really high in sugar as well so there's be like one or two teaspoons of sugar in each little pot whereas you wouldn't get that if you want to get it from yogurt just have a bio or live yogurt that you can get and that has got live cultures in it as well um, and then fermented foods if you want to do it through foods as well are good so sauerkraut or kimchi kombucha those things anything that's got live bacteria would be another good share food brilliant well Anna listen thank you so much for your time today I really do appreciate talking to you I hope we can all stay as healthy as possible throughout this winter and manage to ward off any bugs and if in doubt perhaps we all need to douse ourselves in Laura's potion that she's uh, cooking up at home this afternoon <laughs>
<laughs> it's been lovely speaking to you. I've adored having Hey Dougie in the background as well. Um, so thank you for joining us today, Anna. Thanks for listening to Freelance Mum. Don't forget, you can stay up to date with all the latest advice, loads of friendly chats and support in our online group, The Mothership. To find out more information, check out freelancemum.co.uk. Subscribe, like and share from whichever platform you get your podcast from. And join us next week as we speak to another expert on an issue that's important to you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.